Welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekend preview. Newcastle United travel down to Burnley on Monday night in the first clash after the international break. Newcastle go in the game uh, with two wins on the bounce. I'm joined by Lee Ryder to, to preview potential injury news, team news and everything else that goes with the clash. I'm Andrew Musgrove and this is the Everything is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. I'm Andrew Musgrove and it's time for our weekend preview. Joined here by Lee Ryder. Of course, we are coming to the end now of the international break, which is always good news. Unfortunately, Newcastle do have to wait until Monday to uh, play Burnley. Nice little journey down there for you, Lee. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. I mean, first and foremost, the coming to this game, you know, two wins on the bounce. Um, do you think that this international break came at the wrong time for Newcastle? Yeah, I think it did in a way because obviously it, it takes the momentum away. You know, when you're on the back, back of two wins, you, you really want the next game to be in, in a few days. But for Newcastle, I've had to wait two weeks. And not only that, they've got the double whammy of having to wait another you know, two or three days because they're, they're last up on the Monday night football. So I always think that, I mean, Newcastle's record on Monday night football isn't necessarily brilliant anyway. Uh, but I just think the fact they're going to have to wait is going to it'll be on the minds of, of some of the players a little bit um, the positive is, is that it gives the likes of Rondon an extra couple of days training uh, you know some of the players who've been on national break will have the weekend to, to recover a bit so it, it, there are sort of pluses and minuses but really um, if you could play 3pm on a Saturday you would take that every time and of course so when Newcastle do run out um, they'll know where they are in the league, I mean, do you think players look at the league table when they do play Monday night and they know that they're falling down the table somewhat? Or do you think the focus is solely just on on playing um, their opposition? Some do. The, that that's for certain. Some are obsessed with the statistics and goal scoring tables and all that. Some just play the next game. Um, you know, some aren't even bothered what competition it is. They just want to go out there and, and express themselves. So, I think. Realistically, Newcastle players know that they they pulled away from the bottom. I think the majority of the squad, you know, would have wouldn't have needed much reminding by anybody that they were rock bottom a few weeks ago. Now they're not. Um, they're pulling towards you know safer sort of area of the table. Um, if they can be around the middle of the table, you know, going into the sort of festive period, I think that'll be a big plus. Uh, you would have feared for them if they'd have, you know stayed in that bottom three. Uh, you know, going into Christmas where there's a lot of games and it's a, it's not the best festive programme for Newcastle, really. Liverpool away where we usually get absolutely nothing and then Watford away a couple of days later, tough trip. Uh, so, yeah, the, it, this is the time now to get points on the board, you know. Don't don't risk it until the, the, the sort of festive period when all those games are bunched together. Now's the time to, you know, at least lay the foundations going forward for the rest of the season. I suppose in many ways, and, and some people might not agree with this statement, but last season Burnley were a very good side, forced to be reckoned with really at home. And in, in going to this game, Newcastle, maybe, I don't know if fear is the right word, but they would have been very apprehensive of travelling down to Burnley. Burnley are a place below Newcastle. They've, I think you've written a piece to go online soon about the effects of the Europa yeah. League. I think Sean Dyche has been open about that. Uh, it's uh, contrasting to the season last season to where they are now. We know it's still very early, but Burnley fans probably wouldn't have expected to be this far down the table. No, it's 
it's been a tough one for them really and, and the worst part of it is is that the you know they got knocked out of Europe quite a while ago because they've had to start their season a lot earlier they've had to start pre-season a lot earlier and they, they're just not used to it that's what Daish is saying he's saying you know this is something completely new to us uh, so they're recovering really it's whether they can play catch up uh, is the big big question this this game last season was was pretty dire to watch uh, 1-0 yeah, 1st November 31st of yeah, October yeah around that time uh, it was pretty dire one to watch it was uh, the kind of game wasn't it that Newcastle had won I think they could have gone 5th or something like that and it was a nil nil, and that was kind of the start of a bad run yeah. wasn't it so yeah so really is this a good time to play Burnley probably is they've got a lot of injuries as well um, that they're struggling to cope with so it's a real opportunity it's just whether Newcastle are, can get over the the sort of hurdle of the international break and the fact they've had to wait until Monday night because it it shouldn't have an effect but it does they were in training today in Newcastle some positive images especially of Florian Lejeune back um, but in general the mood looked good they'll be they'll be looking forward to getting back onto the pitch and hopefully getting three wins uh, three points rather three wins would be helpful out of one game of course but yeah. three points yeah I mean if you know you can see that there's there's decent sort of uh, bonds building up between some of the players um, you know Lejeune's now back on the scene so if Lascelles misses the game it's you know, it's another little reminder of the other players that it's it's you know the minute that you get settled in a position, someone else comes comes up on the horizon. Lejeune's not close to playing at the moment, of course, but it just shows you the the rich uh, amount of of options Rafa's got in that in that position. As I said in a piece earlier, if only had that those options elsewhere on the park, Newcastle wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have too many problems. So yeah, we'll we'll wait and see what his final lineup is and, and who's made it and who hasn't. Uh, but I think it'll be a competitive team. Um, whether look, look, Rafa may go to Burnley and say, you know, I'm going to stay compact. I mean, he always says to stay compact, and he might, he may well just take a point from this game. Your point would be, you know, not not a bad result. It keeps the keeps the uh, the defeats away. Um, looking at the league table, Burnley have a, a minus thirteen goal difference. Castle minus six. Yep. They're on the same amount, amount of points. Again, it just kind of re-emphasises that Benitez' early tactics and tactics we'll probably see again against the bigger sides, you know, set up, like you say, compact, absorb the pressure and if the chance comes, hit them on the break, widely criticised, widely criticised by certain pundits. You know, this is, if this is me and Newcastle survived by goal difference and, you know, we're all right raising a glass to Benitez's tactical genius. Yeah, I mean, it was similar last season, really. Um, I remember being in 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 La Manga in Spain when they had the the training camp um and basically his his he tried to play all that down at that point about the goal difference um but secretly you knew that he knows that that's worth an extra point um and this is you know why Newcastle look like they're in a decent position at the minute because um you know narrow defeats against Chelsea Tottenham Man City you know teams that have been hammering other opponents Newcastle you know even those three games alone are, are like on a minus minus three so look it's not exciting to watch we're all bought up in this city watching entertaining football watching the great goal scorers watching the great entertainers uh, but Rafa can only work with the squad he's got the players he's got 
and you know at the minute there's certain games where he has to say look let's be sensible here and get a point it's probably the first time Newcastle have had a manager who's you know got that kind of stance you know it's a good stance to have though especially if um if it works now looking at Burnley's uh, results so far this season if I'm not mistaken the last time they won was against Cardiff in September I mean, that's a long time to go without any wins um you know they've been thumped four 0 off Chelsea five 0 off Man City um four four two off Burn uh, West Ham rather um at the back they do look vulnerable do you think Newcastle can exploit that do you, do you, do you foresee a goal fest um well, the, the thing is, the last game, they drew 0-0, didn't they, with, with Leicester. Leicester? So they did show they are capable of of keeping a clean sheet. So, I don't know. It's You know, you look at it, like last year, it was just a single goal, won it. I think it could be more of a tense affair. I mean, they are cracks in their defence, no doubt about it. Um, you know, they, they lost some games uh, pretty heavily. But I just think both teams might wait and try and suss each other out and it could be almost like a chess match in some ways and yeah I can I can foresee it being a, a pretty tight one if I'm being honest now we've covered this kind of relentlessly this week but for those who maybe haven't seen it on the website or the videos and the blog I mean Paul Dummett potentially could be out he uh, did post on Instagram on Instagram yesterday saying you know, he's fighting working hard to, to come back which of course you can read between the lines suggests that maybe he might be missing for Monday. We'll probably find out tomorrow and have his press conference. That's a huge blow, isn't it, for Newcastle United? Yeah, it's absolutely massive. I mean, he's missed the consistency. Uh, people used to tell jokes about the fact he used to get a seven out of ten every week, um, but I think that's been proven exactly right now. You know, it's a minimum seven. Sometimes you know he goes up to an eight. Sometimes he's been a nine. And he's actually been behind the scenes at Newcastle with Rafa and Ben Dawson. He's actually been showcased as the example of, of how to be a consistent performer. He doesn't try and do anything that he doesn't need to do. Um, although that, that Wales game, he did pile forward quite a few times before he got the injury. Sadly, went off before the break. Um, but Newcastle have got to get on with it now. There's no point dwelling on it. Um, you, you know, he's not looking like he's going to be back for this game and how long after that we'll have to wait and see Newcastle won't slap a, a three month or a four month um, timeline on it they'll they'll just go week by week um, and they'll see where he is but you know from Rafa's point of view he has got some decent options who does he put there take your pick really isn't it There's, you could put Fabian Shaw there you could put Kieran Clark there who's played there Kennedy can play there, Mankio can play there. So it's not like that they haven't got any options. Um, it's certainly not like, you know, going back to the days where John Carver was having to play people like Jan Matt and Jack Colback at centre half. So look, they've got to get on with it. And, uh, you know, there are there are some reasonable options out there for Rafa to go with. If you, if you were Rafa, your choice? I mean, I'd like, I'd personally probably go with. Kendi and Yedlin in a bit of a wing back situation. I know that kind of dilutes Kendi because obviously he's been he was very good against Bournemouth. But again, we yeah really see him go away go away from home and, and and do them home performances. So quite interesting to see maybe Kendi on the wing back and then you could throw in I suppose a chance for for Atsu or even Jacob Murphy to come out of the fold. We don't know you know how he's been training this week. Hopefully for him he's been impressing. But yeah. yes, but I mean your pick. 
Um, f- looking at the options that that he's got, uh, you know, Kennedy would probably be the one you would look at because, yes, he is an exciting talent, but he's also someone who's comfortable on the ball. Um, I think one of the games earlier this season where he played him left back, um, I think he got about sixty plus touches or something in the game, uh, so he did did very well uh, for someone in that position. Uh, it's just it's just about that responsibility and that that little bit of concentration. Can he do it for the full ninety minutes? We'll we'll have to wait and see. But it would be a shame in some ways because Kennedy's going in the back of it after that brilliant cross against Bournemouth. And you know, you know, I spoke to him after the game and he was he was talking about how he wanted to do more things like that. He wanted to provide more assists to then find yourself shunted at left back in the next game would probably be a little bit of disappointment for him privately. But uh, you know, there's no iron team, as I say. No team game. Um, Lascelles, if he's fit, do you see him coming back in for either Show or uh, Fernandez? Um, it's that, that's a really tough call uh, for a start. Uh, I personally think you'd have to look at keeping Show in the team. Um, Rafa hasn't been afraid to drop Lascelles before. Uh, if he's fit. He might want to stick him on the bench. Uh, he might not make him do the journey to Burnley uh, out, out of a bit of respect. If he's not fully fit, why make him sit on the bench? Go back and, and rest up and, and get ready for the next two home games. So uh, I don't think Rafa's under any pressure to dismantle too much. He won't want to. He's already got to make one change with Dummett. He won't want to make too many more. So I think if unless Lascelles is one hundred and ten percent ready to go back in. Uh, I think Sher might just uh, keep his place. And if he did, he would fully deserve it. Now, I swear, I mean, the other question mark is Shelby. Um, what's your understanding? Do you think he will be back and in contention? Again, yeah, I think he's going to be touch and go. Uh, I think, you know, Newcastle, they haven't exactly... I don't want to say they haven't missed him, um, but it's probably going to come, come across like I'm saying that. But they've had adequate replacements. Nice to have other options. Yeah, it's nice to have those other options. It'd be, you know, if Key got dropped, I think that would be harsh as well. Maybe he's the man. The stats say that he's the man who covered the most uh, distance against yeah. Bournemouth. Um, Perez second. Uh, I mean, he is a little runner, isn't he? Key he gets about the place, but he can deliver the pass. And he's a good technical player, mm. and that ball across to Kennedy. Was, 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 was I, I, mean, I don't know what you think, but looking at the games where Key's started and, and Shelby's been out injured, it seems to be more of a, a team effort in in a way. Um, they're not. They, they look at Shelby's the man who can, course, you know, deliver that killer pass, but it always seems to be Shelby's responsibility. Whereas against Bournemouth, every man stepped forward to say, "Well, actually, give me the ball. Let me go and yeah. take." It. I mean, that's a compliment to Shelby. That from where I'm sitting, it looks like. He has got the responsibility of making the change in a game. Yeah. But at the same time, we've seen, especially against Bournemouth, you know, where certain players were maybe given that bit more freedom and, and they stepped up to say, yeah, give me the ball, I'll go and change the game. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I think from Shelby's point of view, he would probably benefit to have Key alongside him. And so that was the case at Swansea. And sometimes I think Shelby may put too much pressure on himself to deliver and try and win it um, <clears throat> we do talk about things being a team game and but sometimes you know you do need a, a, a key individual to, to step forward and, and Shelby has got the ability to do that we've seen him in, in a lot of games 
not just for, for Newcastle, for Swansea and for Liverpool at times where he has been the main man. He just hasn't been consistent enough throughout his career to do it. And I think his face said it all recently when he blazed a free kick over the bar and you know he put himself on that spot thinking, I'm the one who's got to do mm. this here. He wouldn't let anyone else take it. And it, you know it, sometimes you can put too much pressure on yourself. Um, maybe a change will be good for him sort of thing and we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. And you have Perez back on the side against Bournemouth. Obviously, Muto was, was out injured. Muto has been back in his home country after his, his wife gave birth. Again, he's going to be a bit touch and go, is he, for, for Monday night, do you think? Yeah, I mean, he, he'd probably be involved, I would say. Probably on the bench. But, you know, Perez hasn't done badly in the last uh, one and a half games. Obviously, getting the winner was great for him because it took some of the some of the tension away from him personally because he had a, had a bad run. Another player who really cares and wants to do well, but, you know, sometimes sometimes it just doesn't work out. And mm. um, this season, you know, ha- has been disappointing for him. But the last two games have been very encouraging. It definitely has. Um, and then we're just going to round off with really um, a few of the players that you have to watch out if um, you are in your castle. I mean, you've got next Sam Vokes, um, who obviously knows... Where the goal is, um, Chris Wood, you know, man who's cost, you know, I think £15 million from Leeds. They've got some decent players and obviously a very good manager, a very highly rated manager. Do you think Burnley are in a, in a false position in the, in the table? A little bit. Um, I mean, I think they've obviously punched above the weight last year, but it just shows you what you can do if you get a good run going together. In terms of a system... I think Dyche can get them playing to, to that sort of get them into a rhythm, and and that that's what they did for a lot of last season. They haven't been able to do it this year because of like the Europa League, and they've had a lot of injuries as well. So it'd just be good to see them, um, you know, push up the table, but uh, not at Newcastle's expense. You know, I mean, you've got Joe Hart in goal. Um, you know, everyone knows about Joe Hart, but he's got a never in him. It'd be interesting to see him go up against Rondon. Um, Charlie Taylor, who was linked to, to Newcastle before he, he left Leeds to go to New, uh, to Burnley, said this week, you know, they want to keep um, going with these uh, clean sheets. Um, of course, against Leicester, it was a bit of a surreal day, given it was the first um, first game home game. I think it was after uh, that, the tragic helicopter accident. But Burnley did play well. You know, they, they they defended quite well and did get the clean sheet. It's not going to be easy for Newcastle, is it? No, it's not, and you need to uh, get off to a positive start. Positive start doesn't necessarily mean they have to get an early goal. They've just got to really keep it tight because if Burnley gets something to hold on to, then that's when it could be difficult and Newcastle have to uh, overcommit bodies forward and all that kind of thing. So, you know, as I say, a point wouldn't be a bad result in this game, uh, because particularly with two home games on the horizon. Um, and you know, then if you can, you know, take another four points out of them two home games, it, it won't have been a bad pre-Christmas kind of run. No, definitely. But looking at the stats, thanks to our friends at Opta, um, Newcastle haven't won a top-flight fixture against Burnley um, since 1975. Granted, they've only played five, but still, that's quite a long way back, December 1975. And of course, we all know. Newcastle's horrific record on a Monday night. I mean, 
not one for stats and history, but I mean, the last 12 Premier League games played on a Monday have all been away from home and the Magpies have lost 11 of these, winning only in Stoke, at Stoke, back in January. Wow. Um, and that was on a New Year's Day, so it kind of wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a real Monday night, was it? Uh, so. Benitez, do you think they'd be aware of that stat? Uh, I think he, he's aware of everything, so, you know, knowing Rafa, he'll be trying to book the trend so so to speak um but i think was it everton away last towards the end of last season absolute absolutely dreadful game where newcastle just couldn't get couldn't get going um yeah there's just something weird about the monday night football when it comes to newcastle and, and sadly especially when it goes on the whole show and everything's getting analyzed and there's just something about it where it doesn't really work in, in Newcastle's favour. So I'm hoping that this can be different. Another strange stat here. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who finds these out. Credit to you all. Um, Benitez has won just one of his last 11 Premier League games against English managers, drawing six, losing four. And of course, that was the last one would have been against Eddie Howe um, and Bournemouth. I, I honestly, I mean, <laughs> these stats. But um, I mean, the, the focus will be on the football and just trying to go back to tying side with... With three points because then they have a West Ham side who are very inconsistent. Got some brilliant players. Um, but I mean, going into that West Ham game, of course, which could be quite a... Uh, well, I mean, we'll cover this next week, but a, a game with a bit of tension if uh, fan groups get their, they get their way. Um, of course, there's a proposal of fans going in after 11 minutes, spending an extra few quid in the, in the pub beforehand. But it'd be good, first and foremost, to have three points of money to go into to the game, regardless of what's happening off the pitch or um, what have you, with three points. Well, it would, and then, then the fans are faced with the dilemma of, if they do win three out of three in, in, in the fly, and the fans are then faced with the dilemma of you know having to miss 11 minutes uh, of a game. I totally understand the, the viewpoint of, of the protest groups uh, who are involved. Um, from the players' point of view, I just think they they just get try and get on with the job uh, in that situation. But it will help if they go in uh, on the back of a win at Turf Moor, no doubt about it. Fingers crossed. And then the question we always finish on on our weekend preview, Lee, mm. your score prediction. Yeah, I mean, I, I predicted probably because I'm uh, optimistic sometimes too optimistic, but I predicted two wins out of the last two games. This one, I think, might be a bit trickier. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go for the draw. Um, perhaps a 1-1 one, one draw. Well, like we say, a point wouldn't be the worst result in the world. Thank you very much for joining us. If you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk, you can keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news, including Rafa Benitez's press conference tomorrow, that's Friday, um, and then the game on Monday. And we've also got few special podcasts um, for you to listen to, including Gibbo's Corner on Kevin Keegan, the playing years, and of course his managerial term. Um, so thank you very much for joining us. This has been the Everything is Back on My Podcast. <laughs>